Hi, this is Eric and welcome to another episode of The Frozen Duck. Today we will continue in our uh, Avalanche mini-series and we'll talk about Avalanche predictions. Why? It's because, as you know, in medicine, prevention is key. And today we have a guest. His name is Stefan Jokul. He is someone that I met uh, virtually during the last ICAR uh, online conference. After I asked a question about avalanches in Iceland, he just sent me a personal message. And after this, we've been uh, exchanging emails. In short, the best way I could describe him is that he has a big role in avalanche forecast and training in Iceland. So uh, welcome to the show, Stefan. And can you tell us about who you are and what's your current job? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm really pleased to be here and talk about this. Uh, yeah, my name is Devo Jökull. Uh, I started in this avalanche uh, thinking uh, around 2002. Uh, few years after that, I started uh, in Hjálpasetskáta in Kópór, uh, where I start, uh, got my training there. Uh, I got uh, the profession to teach uh, avalanche uh, courses uh, this year, 2002. Uh, and from that year, I have been working quite a lot in, uh, in this field. Uh, I've taken quite many courses, uh, both here in Iceland. Uh, we had a uh, few really good uh, specialists com coming to Iceland uh, through the rescue team that I'm working in. Uh, Jill and Doug Fessler uh, from Canada, uh, Manuel Genswein from Swiss, uh, Eric from uh, Norway. And uh, then I have been in courses in, in Norway too. Uh, so I have... Uh, quite a courses behind me and then uh, I've been spending uh, the last years in a work group that was uh, made out of uh, ICAR conference uh, that's called mountainsafety.info. It's a lot of material that we have been working on there. It's a uh, worldwide uh, knowledge base uh, with uh, best practice uh, thought. So we are taking the best uh, possible way to do your rescue operation uh, as quick and, and good as it is possible and make it into good pictures and some texts that uh, make it easy for you to learn and see how to do it. It's an international group, so I've been uh, always around the ICAR meetings. Uh, we are, uh, it's a official meeting point where we are spending three, four days to uh, finalize some material. And you can even get this material on uh, about 18 languages now. So I could go and teach uh, from this material. I could uh, have the slides on Icelandic for me. I could speak in English and uh, I could be teaching people in Japan. Wow. So it's uh, quite good material. And then for the last uh, three years, I have been working for the Met Office in uh, Iceland uh, to make... Yeah, the specs, uh, how the avalanche conditions are here on the southwest corner. Okay. Yeah, what you mentioned about uh, mountain safety is uh, really interesting. And I think we'll have uh, another episode, uh, you, uh, me, and another guest uh, later on to talk about that. Yeah. So let's, let's start from the beginning. And can you go over a bit of the history of avalanches and their predictions in Iceland? Uh, yes. Uh, this uh, predictions they they started quite early because of uh, mainly and uh, because of uh, where people are living and uh, the roads 
So uh, for the last 10 years, uh, we have been making something about for the people that are going out to the fields uh, for uh, hiking and off-piste skiing. Uh, for the area in east and on Trötlaskai on the north and on Westfields. Then uh, for the last three years we started this uh, job here on the southwest corner. Uh, the Met Office is mainly uh, working and uh, most of the uh, things that they're doing is because of the roads and uh, for the villages and, and farmers to, to see how the conditions are and uh, like just at this moment uh, all my uh, colleagues they are working really hard for what is happening on the on the east uh, coast because of the heavy raining and the snowfalls and uh, avalanches and uh, now just the mud floats that are going on there it's a part of uh, what this uh, part of uh, met office is doing so everything that run down hills, it's uh, under this uh, category. Uh, this petition for these areas, they are. Uh, it's a little bit hard to uh, do this because we are uh, estimating the uh, danger on a really big area. So mm -hmm. we are trying to see uh, what is happening on a really big area. So we'll, we really never can tell what is happening inside of its valley, but we can estimate what is happening on a, uh, quite a large area. Uh, we are using all the databases that we can get. We have uh, some uh, equipment uh, put up in the hills to measure the snow depth, uh, what is happening uh, in, the, in the snow, how much is snowing or raining, and uh, then uh, from that, uh, all these uh, files, we can assume what is happening and we can a little bit see what's going on. Then we are going uh, one, twice or three times in the week, we go in the field and we make snow pits mm -hmm. to see if we are doing exactly the, the right speculation about what is going on. Yeah, because like you said that you, you and what i remember from my courses uh, avalanche courses that you, like the the predictions are for a big area but after this like every valley every couloir in itself is a bit different and then it all becomes it all comes down to doing a snow pit at the end and for like a yeah. prediction of this particular place and 100 meter left or right of it might be different yeah <laughs> And, and uh, here, here in Iceland, it's uh, just uh, you go up for about 100 meters, then you're coming with a completely different uh, snow thickness and, and levels and, and everything. So uh, like, for instance, here in, on, on the southwest corner, just if you go outside now here for the southwest corner, you, you will look out and you will watch to Asian and uh, there is nearly no snow there. Uh, then you go up to Henkil. There's uh, quite a lot of snow there and also in Blaufjöll. And on my area, uh, I am taking Blaufjöll, I'm taking Henkil, uh, then Esja, Moskasnukar and Skálafell. And then I'm going all the way up to Botsulur. So it's a really big area. And uh, when I'm thinking about Botsulur, it's more in the center of Iceland. And you, you have completely different 
uh, aspects for wind and cold there. So, yeah, we can see a little bit uh, from the east, uh, southeastern wind. We have, we know how the rain is coming in and how it's uh, turning into snow. And then you can more, more or less see in uh, what aspects of the hills you have the avalanche danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for those who are not familiar with the area, uh, Blafjet is a really popular ski area where a lot of people do touring. Uh, Battensulur, uh, a bit more popular in the summer uh, for hiking, but I think people ski it. Essia, uh, really popular also for hiking, but it's been really uh, yeah, uh, notorious. There's been a couple of uh, avalanches uh, deadly in the last uh, years in that, in that area. Yeah. It's uh, in Asia and it's uh, there I'm uh, mostly thinking about the, the people that are hiking uh, just the normal route and also mm-hmm. the, the side routes that are there. Then I'm uh, t- thinking more about uh, uh, skiers when I go into Moskarsnukar uh, and Skalafell and Blaufjöll. Yeah. And like you said, uh, Botsulur is uh, much harder mountains uh, to reach and over the winter time it's uh, quite difficult to uh, be there so it's uh, the late season uh, mountains to be staying in. So uh, now that we're talking about uh, Iceland so when I look about Iceland I the, I find that the the landscape is mostly uh, sharp angles I find like I, I don't know you you probably know better than me like I would say 30, 45 degrees angle in most of the places, very little tree because we're, we're north, we're close of the Arctic cycle, uh, circle. Uh, quite a good amount of precipitation, uh, at least in the capital area, we're uh, around zero degrees. Sometimes it rains, it snows, then it rains again, then it frees. Uh, just a, a nice cocktail. Um, and lots of wind, a lot of cornishes. So yeah, so to me, it sounds like a, the perfect cocktail for avalanches. Uh, would you agree yes. on that? Yeah, 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 it is. Uh, it is uh, quite often really hard to uh, see what is going on because of uh, the really fast changing of the of the temperature. Uh, like uh, we had the situation last week that uh, there was quite a lot of snow and uh, there came uh, a quite cold uh, period of time where you had uh, a icy uh, conditions all over. Then we had uh, quite a lot of snow, so it was really not stuck together. Then for the last uh, five, six days, we have had this calm uh, northeastern wind with uh, not that cold uh, time, but it's uh, all the snow is just binding into one thick layer. So right now we don't have any conditions, but uh, only five days ago it was uh, all of the snow was on the move. Uh, when mm-hmm. I went up to Blaufjöll and I was taking a look, uh, it was uh, movements uh, all over in all aspects. Yeah, that's that's something. Uh, uh, when I first moved to Iceland, I was like, oh well, the, the avalanche risk here is, is is zero. There's not much snow because I'm used to British Columbia and the the Shikshak in the eastern part of the province where we would just have huge amount of snow and huge avalanches yeah. uh but here the avalanche is is actually it's quite different it's much less snow but just yeah. different layers i guess yeah and it's uh, we have this uh, uh atlantic ocean heat that is making uh, our snow a little bit more heavier so it's uh, thicker it's uh, 
it's more water value in in the snow so it's uh, you don't need as much snow to to uh, so it will be really dangerous it so we don't have as much of the powder snow like you are fighting with in uh, british columbia can you can you share some uh, some numbers with us uh, for example uh, last year how many avalanches occurred and uh, what about their size uh, last year we had uh, really really a lot of avalanches uh, all around uh, we don't have exactly the right numbers because we quite a lot of them, they are happening inside of these uh, big areas that we are expecting, like in Trotlaskai. So there are uh, much more of an avalanches than we can record. Mm -hmm. We uh, had a few hundreds uh, avalanches that uh, mm -hmm. we knew of and that we went and measured, but uh, there were much more of them. Uh, we, we always, when I go and measure, uh, avalanches, I maybe measure two or three, but I can see there is uh, 10 or 15 more that have been happening. Uh, like you said, uh, quite a lot, people, a lot of people, not only uh, for foreigners that are coming to Iceland, thinks there is no avalanche danger in Iceland. Uh, the Icelandic people are also not... Uh, noticing how much of uh, an avalanches are uh, happening here. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, through the years, we have had uh, a lot of uh, fatal av avalanches. So uh, uh, I think the right number is from... Uh, yeah, it, it's just uh, a lot of people that have been caught by an avalanches. And most of the time, it is uh, when big avalanches are hitting the villages, like Sudavik and Flateri. Uh, farmers and, and things like that. So there we have the big numbers, but uh, we have fatal av avalanches uh, also for uh, snowmobilers and uh, for skiers. And uh, it is a danger that is quite... Uh, you, you can't see the danger really easily. So th that is the problem. And uh, there's a lot of people starting to go in the mountains that uh, haven't really got the right education and uh, the right knowledge. Uh, I'm always trying to teach people uh, go out and have fun, but uh, know what you're doing. And uh, if you think there is uh, some danger, uh, go in the easy tracks and, and uh, start with them and, and uh, go from the easy up to the little bit more when you have got the confidence that the, there is not that much danger going on because yeah. it's much easier and better to go often than to go once and, and grab this one opportunity of uh, thick, uh, loose snow. We can really not say powder here in Iceland, it's uh -huh. <laughs> especially not here on the southwest corner. <laughs> so just go often and, and just go easy on, on it and, and know a little bit uh, what you're doing. Yeah, you mentioned there's a like snowmobilers, snowmobilers, uh, and I really feel like there's a there's an enthusiasm uh, in the last couple of years about uh, backcountry people just uh, on skis and just climbing mountains, and it's quite not uncommon to see people uh, going up. Has this been a um, has this been a problem with uh, with snowmobiles lately, or uh, no, not really. They. Um... 
they they are going uh, yeah for the last years they uh, the snowmobiles have been just they are much much more powerful so they can climb up much uh, steeper hills uh, you go fast from uh, just 200 meters uh, and up to the top of the mountain and uh, so you're 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 cutting out uh, really all the sense of what is going on suddenly you're just going from really safe zone up to really icy conditions or you have much more snow load because of the wind so they have to be really aware of what they are doing and and uh, it's not enough to go out for the snowmobilers and uh, do one snow pit and say well i'm safe for the day because they will travel 100 kilometers quite easily and uh, are in total new aspects from the wind and cold and uh, snowfall and everything yeah and from that point of view uh, it's uh, people should uh, start to learn it's uh, always uh, this discussions of uh, should you learn to use your uh, uh, beacon shovel and probe uh, and then uh, learn to uh, how to travel in the mountains and uh, what uh, informations do you have to make you more safe uh, i think you have to learn a little bit how to travel and get all the information uh, how to travel how to travel safe uh, like they say in norway uh, if the hill is steeper than 22 degrees uh, don't go there it's okay. uh, just stay on the lo uh, lower part but uh, okay. if you are thinking about the snowmobilers and uh, the mountain skiers then we are aiming for the hills that are uh, most of the people are aiming up to 30 degrees so you are starting to get the avalanches uh, yeah 20, here in Iceland uh, we assume that uh, 28 degrees uh, 28 30 degrees then you are starting to get uh, the the avalanches that can make you uh, a harm okay avalanches that are going to be bigger than in the scale than one and uh, one or one and a half and you can get a lot of uh, information if you go into the icelandic uh, met office website and uh, if you go to the uh, avalanches there you can have uh, you can see what we expect that the conditions are uh, just on these four parts that we are making uh, the aspects for uh, the mountaineers. And uh, there you can click on that and you can see what is the danger, what, uh, what is the danger that we are thinking of and, and, and what is going on. And there is uh, a table that uh, are showing you what the uh, aspects are, in what height, uh, the possibility of avalanches and the size of the avalanches. And then there we're trying to clear out uh, what is the the danger, like uh, what we are just seeing now here on the southwest corner. Mm -hmm. uh, when it will start to snow again, then we have a really hard, slippery surface that uh, will be really bad binding together with the new snow. So when it starts to snow again, we will have a high possibility risk of analysis. Yes. For those who um, 
uh, Arnold from Iceland, the Icelandic Met Office or uh, vedur.is uh, as a Icelandic and English uh, version, and you can access all the avalanche. And it's pretty nice because now it's four areas, the Southwest, the West Fjord, uh, Trotlaskagi or the um, uh, Troll yes. Peninsula and the East Fjords. And you can see the avalanche danger scale. And what I, what I like, and, and it's like this for avalanche prediction is just avalanche prediction. It's not only about just giving you a number like low, moderate, considerable. It's, it's also about the, the history of, of that area and how has this affected everything to give a danger scale as of now. And that's something I remember from my avalanche course that it's, it's not only something, it's just how that everything is working together and it needs to be quite descriptive to understand that situation at that point. Yeah. So it's uh, there you can get all the information, uh, like we're just talking about this now. And if you go into all the small details that are on just on this website, then you can uh, get quite a lot of information uh, about uh, what is the danger? What is the size of the avalanches? And uh, what is the what slopes you should uh, be aware of? Uh, the angle of the slopes and and what is expected? Uh, because it's a lot of people that don't know what uh, southern facing aspect. What does that mean? You have to learn a little bit about that. It's uh, it's quite a lot to to learn. So uh, start to do, go out there with. Uh, more experienced people and uh, get the information from there. Speak up loud about what is going on. Uh, talk to the people when you are traveling with them. Because uh, when you go for skiing, you should not be alone. Because uh, if you will be caught by an avalanche, uh, your best chance of to be uh, rescued is your partners. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's just... Uh, the numbers uh, are, are uh, just showing that you have to have someone good to travel with you. Yeah, we talked about that. And the other uh, episodes is that, uh, yeah, and if you get caught in an avalanche, it's all about time. And even though the search and rescue teams are uh, quick to deploy, it's really your friend, your buddy who's going who's gonna to extract you. Yeah. Uh, just so... Uh, Continuing on the website, because I think it's a, it's a great resources. There's the, uh, I have it in front of me and it's, so they have the forecast, the notification where you can see all the, the avalanche in the last 10 days and where they occurred and their size. Um, and then you also have a map, quite a big map about, um, uh, it's, they call the avalanche map viewer and you can see all the avalanches. Is it all the avalanches that, that were ever recorded or it's on, yes. it's on a period of time? Okay, okay. Oh, it's all the evidences that have been recorded. Uh, when you go into that uh, view, uh, you can see uh, exactly where the evidences have been happening and and where it's uh, most uh, yeah where it's happening of, uh, most often in in Trotterskai and in the east and uh, west. And then it's uh, we are documenting more and more here on the south corner uh, where I'm where I'm working. You so. Education is is key. Um, where do people can learn how to? Um, uh, yeah, where where do people can do their avalanche course in Iceland? Uh, 
there is uh, courses uh, through the Slesamafelae, uh, ISAR, uh, is, uh, they have had uh, courses for just regular people and uh, of course we're teaching all the, the rescue teams and, and the rescuers. Uh, then you can uh, take courses by uh, FE, Ferdafela Islas. Okay. Uh, then there are uh, a number of people that have uh, good education to, uh, so they are able to be teaching avalanche courses Jökull uh, Bergman north in Trölllaskai and and then few other people uh, that are teaching here uh, through Íslenski Fjallaleðsögumenn Mountainers of Iceland they are teaching courses and they have uh, people that have really good education uh, so it's just to find courses, uh, study a little bit uh, how much education have the teacher. Uh, is the teacher really uh, with the right education to be teaching you something? Mm -hmm. Do they have the certification from uh, Avalanche course uh, in Canada or, or here in Iceland? So, yeah, just uh, study that a little bit and then, then just get any course that you can have and people are also uh, well welcome to travel to canada and do their their course there and bc it's it's also quite yeah. a nice opportunity to ski there yeah yeah you can uh, reach a uh, uh, lot of courses in in canada and, and northern america it's uh, uh, i haven't got uh, the opportunity yet to go uh, for a course uh, courses uh, there but uh, it's uh, always on my uh, to-do list to go there uh, to uh, I will see how much uh, uh, I will learn from that if I have some uh, brain to watch and, and listen to the teacher I'll always be watching the mountains and what ski line I would should be taking it. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, did my, I did I did the uh, first uh, level avalanche course uh, twice one in once it was in Quebec and then I did it after in the, with my girlfriend in the Yukon and uh, it is quite interesting because the, I, I cannot remember his name, but the guy used, also used to be a, um, he had an avalanche dog also with him. And okay. he was telling us about a rescue that they did in, in Whistler um, that a kid got caught in a, um, like a tree, tree hole. Like, uh, I don't know if it's the, the right uh, technical term. And uh, so uh, got caught by um, uh, in the snow, just uh, close to the tree with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And these apparently can be quite deep and uh, the sound does not transmit. Uh, the kid didn't have a, a beacon. So, I mean, it was just like, where's that person? And, and uh, they, they, they took him with the dog and the dog uh, found the, the kid. Uh, so that was quite interesting. It is uh, just all the education that you can have uh, is something to make you more aware of what you have to do to be safe. Uh, there's a lot of things that you can just with uh, to go on the internet and see uh, just short tapes on YouTube and, and things like that. And there is uh, really a lot of material that you can reach out on the, on the internet. But you have to uh, go with someone that knows what to do and how to do. Uh, in the field to learn really because you you will do a snow pit in your mind watching your film 
but when you come when you're in the hills and you start to do the snow pit uh, it it's no relation between the video and what you're seeing in the fields mm -hmm. so you you have to do this with practice and also with the beacons and the shovel and and the probe it's everything that you have to practice in the real time out there yeah so talking about snow pit um let's shift gear a bit uh, I, I've seen that on the website, we can access Snowpit that uh, you and other people uh, do, uh, like you said, on a weekly basis. And I'm not an avalanche expert. And for me, these are a bit hard to understand and I'm not super familiar. So I was wondering if we could go over one, if you could just give like a, like a, a general idea for the, uh, the, the, the normal people, the, the, the normal outdoor people, uh, yeah. So next time they look at it, they can understand a bit better and, and hopefully make a better decision. Yeah, uh, we are uh, putting this uh, on the website and uh, for people to read and uh, to see and get more uh, understanding of uh, when we are talking about avalanche danger, uh, what we are looking at. Uh, here in front of me, I have uh, one snow pit that I made. Okay. And I was uh, I, I was taking down through the snow. Uh, I went down to uh, 90 centimeters depth. Uh, the complete snow depth at that point was around two meters. So I didn't have to go more than this 90 centimeters because there I hit the really hard surface. So uh, this uh, 89 or 90 centimeters that I was uh, uh, checking what was going on. Uh, I'm uh, figuring out the hardness of the uh, snow layers. So we are using this uh, method that you have fish. You put your fish into the snow. Uh, you put four fingers, one finger, knife, and uh, pencil. Uh, no, pencil and then knife. And this uh, give, uh, are giving us... Uh, what is happening in the snow because uh, the fizz is uh, really weak snow so it's easy to compress it and then you have the pencil or, or the knife and uh, then uh, it's a hard layer and it's more often that it's breaking down on that point it's uh, running on that surface and on the snow pit you can see the hardness uh, it's a blue colors mm -hmm. that you can see and it's uh, quite hard, uh, goes uh, most to the left and, and the weak ones are uh, more to the, to the right. So you have the hardness from zero up to minus 10. And we are uh, facing quite often here on the southwest corner, we have uh, quite stability uh, of uh, after a rain period of time, up to the really high on top of the mountains, we have just uh, one solid layer. But uh, there in this snow pit, uh, we I have about eight or nine different hardness layers on mm -hmm. the on the way down. So when I have made the snow pit, I am uh, taking a look at what is happening in the snow. Is uh, is there some? Uh, is it getting stronger or is it getting weaker? And then I'm going, uh, then I'm doing uh, a compression test. So I'm putting in, uh, into this uh, snow pit, I'm, I'm putting in uh, where my concern of if something is happening, you can see a red line through 
the snow pit and uh, that's uh, a surface that I have uh, concern that will uh, break down and be uh, making some dangerous level. And then there are coming in this uh, hard things to uh, read out, like here I am writing on this snow pit. Uh, I'm, I was doing this compression test and I'm getting C, uh, ECTN15 at 22 centimeters depth. So this is, uh, I, I was going to, uh, I was making extension column test. It's a column test that is 30, uh, mile, uh, 90 centimeters wide. And I'm doing this uh, uh, test, knocking on the shovel on the snow pit and see uh, where it is breaking. So it's uh, collapsing and starts to run, runs uh, in parts in uh, 20 centimeter depth uh, after 15 knocks on the shovel. So yeah. it's a good possibility that something will start to run if you are skiing there and you are putting your weight and the pressure on the snow. So the, the, the number after CT is the number of hit you've done? Yeah. Okay. Uh, can can we just go back on the left side of the uh, of the um, the snow pit? So you said the blue lines are are basically like hard lines, is that right? Hardness of the snow. Hardness level. of the snow, yeah. and and minus ten. So it goes from zero to minus ten. So from zero all the way down, uh, to the left to minus ten. Minus yeah. ten is harder, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, okay, so we can see that there's different layers of different uh hardness and the the red line is your concern is that right uh now the red line is uh the temperature in the, the temperature oh, okay the temperature okay yeah. no, it's the temperature in and the temperature is telling me uh, more and uh, more what's going on for the next days if it is uh, getting really cold fast uh, on the way down if it's more than one degree on uh, 10 centimeters then i have concern of that uh, it is getting weaker most likely it's getting weaker for the next days uh, on uh, in this two centimeters because then you have the humidity of the snow is uh, racing up through the snow okay. and when it hits the the really cold uh, uh, surface then it starts to uh, melt and also freeze on the same level so there you are getting a weak layer in inside of the snowpack okay you, you you don't see it on the top of the snowpack you don't even notice that uh, there is something happening maybe on 15 20 centimeters depth in the snow that's why we are doing this uh, snow pads and how do you measure the temperature of uh, i have layer? I have a quite uh, accurate uh, temperature uh, measurement okay. and uh, in the snow pit I'm uh, putting this uh, measurement inside of the snow. It's about 15 centimeters long uh, needle that I'm sticking into the snow on each 10 centimeters and it's uh, measuring the, the heat on 0 0.1 degree accuracy. Okay. So I'm, 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 uh, I'm getting the uh, accuracy of uh, minus 1.1 or minus 1.2 degrees so i can see quite well what is happening okay okay 
So I, it's uh, the, uh, I'm making the snow pit. I'm coming up to the hill. I'm uh, finding the good place that is a safe place to uh, make the snow pits. That I'm not going in the hill that I have. Uh, if I think that there is some avalanche danger, I go to the hills that are uh, pointing to the similar direction. And uh, I'm going in into a slope that uh, is somewhere between 22 to 27 degrees. Uh, and uh, in the similar height that I'm, I want to ski in, then I'm digging down, seeing what is happening in the snow pit. And then I'm, uh, yeah, to make this uh, partitions, uh, we are measuring all the hard layers, all the layers and uh, the cold, and we are taking a look on uh, in a kind of small handy microscope uh, what kind of snow crystals are inside of the snow pits. Uh, this is all to see what is happening for the next days. Uh, so it will be more accurate what we are expecting mm -hmm. for the avalanche danger and all of this we can see on the snow pit there's like the crystals yeah. the form the size the moisture and you also mentioned the stability test stability yes. test yes it yeah. makes it makes a lot of sense yeah. and there there is a, this is a, a quick overview this you can find quite interesting uh, videos that are teaching you how to read in this uh, layers and and uh, uh, quite a lot of teachers from uh, Avalanche uh, uh, Canada that have uh, been putting in some good videos to teach you how to read in this uh, this document that uh, we on the Met Office are putting on the website uh, to try to make uh, traveling safer for people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, perfect. So, uh, yeah, like you said, this is just the beginning, <laughs> you know, like knowing how to, to read it. And now it, after this, you you, get, you need to get some training and also get, get watch some videos and, and get some uh, mentoring. So just uh, kind of like uh, preparing the, the closure of the show, I have a couple of questions for you. Um, how do you see, uh, yeah, like the, the future of uh, avalanche predictions? Well, this uh, have been really uh, good work that we have been uh, doing now, and we are always putting more effort in it. Uh, like now I'm only one that I, uh, is going out for the field here on the southwest corner. Uh, we are more people on the east and uh, north and, and westward doing these observations in the mountains. It will be more and more accuracy. Uh, like just yesterday, I was uh, putting up uh, an instrument in uh, ASEAN to uh, try to measure what is happening in the snow field and uh, how much is snowing, uh, what is the conditions in the snow and things like that. So we are putting up more uh, measurements uh, around uh, in all, all of Iceland to get better results for uh, what we are trying to tell people mm -hmm. so it will be ongoing and it will be better and there is uh, also uh, one thing uh, everything that people notice in the mountains it's really good to let us know if you see an avalanche uh, if, or if you trigger an avalanche uh, 
don't hide it for me or other people. If you check on Avalanche, uh, let people know. There are Facebook sites uh, you can uh, let know on the Met Office uh, webpage. There's a link there that you can uh, put in observation of uh, an Avalanche and let know uh, because that is uh, one of the best thing for people that are going out for skiing. It's just what is happening exactly now. Yeah. So just... Yeah, if you could send me the link, uh, the email we can send, because, uh, yeah, for example, I went skiing for, to Bluffyet last week, and uh, there was a, a small avalanche, and it's just nice, yeah, I guess, to, if we could report it, uh, take pictures and send it to the Met yeah. Office, and you guys just come compile it. Yeah, it's uh, it will be. Uh, we have been working on it. The the, the weather app uh, that you can uh, get for uh, to get all the weather information here in Iceland. It will be uh, quite uh, in January, beginning of January. It will be ready. That it will be really easy. You can take up your phone and open up the app and an avalanche. Then you have the location straight away in your phone okay. and you can assume the size of the avalanche and you send it into the Met Office and then there comes a dot. Just after 10 minutes, you have a dot on the map on the Met Office. So other people that are going out for the to have fun, they go into the website uh, web and then, then they will see, uh, yeah, well, okay, there are is avalanches falling on that area that I'm going for skiing. So I have to go easy. Mm -hmm. All right, perfect. And and last question for you is, uh, when you go backcountry skiing, do you have an avalanche airbag? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> uh, I have a, a backpack. Uh, uh, most of the time I have the, uh, the airbag with me. Okay. But... Uh, uh, it's uh, all my stuff is not always in that backpack. Sometimes it's in the other one, so uh, it's it's nothing that I I'm uh, I'm not going without it. I'm not. Uh, it, it just depends on uh, what I'm go doing. Uh, I when I got the airpack, I was just thinking straight away. I'm not going to use this. Uh, to let me go into more steeper hills or or. Uh, some conditions that are uh, making this uh, dangerous to go there. And then I'm thinking, well, I have an airpack. It's uh, easier to go there. It's uh, it's just one extra thing to help you if something happens. Yeah, I know what you mean in the sense of because, yeah, people feel more confident because they have an airbag, so they're going to take more risks expecting to be, uh, yeah, to be saved by it. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't work like that. Huh? <laughs> no, exactly. It's... Uh, <laughs> It can, it can help. It's not sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, any message you, uh, you want to give to the rescuers, skiers, or anybody out there before we finish? Yeah, just uh, go out and have fun and, and just uh, think a little bit uh, what you're going to do. Try to get as much information as it's possible and just enjoy it. Just go as often as it's possible. <laughs> yeah great advice all right thank you so much stefan for coming and uh, i'm saying bye bye thank you bye bye